I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. You can't see a fucking goose flying over your head. There's a problem. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Today we're going to continue our look at the series Little House on the Prairie with Season 2, Episode 2, Four Eyes. The description reads, Mary is excited to receive a pair of brand new glasses, but her excitement fades when other students relentlessly tease her, even after Miss Beetle points out her own pair of glasses. Mary decides to, quote unquote, lose her glasses until Miss Beetle unwittingly shows her that she does not need to worry about her glasses, making her look unattractive. Jenny, before we start, I just have a little housekeeping. I'm going to drop a bombshell. Oh, boy. <laughs> don't you love when i get you on air and drop a bombshell i know like why didn't you tell me this was happening no, oh i this think is i know something what this you is about. know yes i know what this is about jenny and i are super excited to announce that our new facebook group is launching for fans of our pod and it's called the mimi bees mm. let me just give you a little brief history here i can't believe i agreed to this the mimi bees was a club created by me at the age of four it was 1981 people and the name Mimi came from my inability to pronounce my own name, which whatever. So symbolic. The B, I feel like Carrie. The B represented the first initial of my last name. And in the club, there were like maybe three or four people, friends I had at the time. We lived in an apartment building, so probably neighbors and a few of my cousins. And then I reluctantly let Jenny in. Okay. Well, I'm sure you begged me to be part mm-hmm, of this, but go mm-hmm. ahead. The Mimi Bees thrived for about a week before darkness fell over the group. And in what could only be described as the scorchiest dick move of all time, Jenny took over the club and threw me out of it. I feel like, A, that didn't happen. It happened. I'm going to gaslight you on this. It happened. And B, B, like, why would I want to be in your stupid club? And why are you still, like, harping on this? Like, this has really affected you. I don't know why you want to be in my club. You still I, want to be I just in my wanted club. it to be gone because it was annoying. We'll also be hosting occasional contests and giveaways in the group. In fact, we're announcing our first giveaway right now, Jenny, with the okay. creation of the group when it launches on Wednesday, August 5th. 
the first 50 members to join the Mimi Bees are not only going to be the coolest people ever, but they will be entered into a random drawing for a prize. Jenny, what will they win? The winner of this random drawing will receive a beautiful hardcover copy of the Little House Cookbook, new full-colored edition, Frontier Foods from Laura Ingalls Wilder Classic Stories. I think that was, it was put out in 2018. Yeah, and what a it's great idea. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like recipes from her collection. Yeah. So I wonder if mince meat pie's in there. I bet you it is. Mm. Okay, so you can find more information about the prize and full contest rules in the Mimi Bees group when it opens on Wednesday. And you'll be able to find the group by following us on Facebook at Gen X This Is Why. Letter X, spell out the Y. And we'll also include the link in our show notes. And we're also going to have a little five-minute teaser reminder that we're going to drop so that you don't forget about this. We will not desperately want you to forget about this. (laughs) And keep in mind... Just to keep the crazies out, we're going to have a few simple questions that everyone can answer to join. Even Amy. Oh, whatever. So that's our big announcement. Now, let's get into our episode. So I also have a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I would like to address the obnoxious air horn sound effect that Amy (laughs) added to the last episode to signal the shirtless paw. (laughs) I in no way... You mean this? That I in no way was consulted on this edit, nor do I condone it. It is consistent with Amy's efforts to lower the quality of our product. And for that, I apologize. I think there are some people I have stumbled upon a Michael Landon community. Let me just say this. There are some people who appreciated that air horn. That's all you have to say for yourself. That's all I have to say for myself. But I will say it was funny when I was like, I have a big surprise for you. And you're like, an editing surprise? (laughs) I don't like editing surprises. (laughs) Okay. So let's get to it. First of all, I'd like to say that Michael Landon did not direct nor write this episode. Okay. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that, but okay. So we open on the schoolhouse. Laura exits and sits down on a log. Willie and Nellie immediately come over and talk to her about their grades. They're bragging that they're getting paid for their grades. And Willie brags that he got all B's. Really good there, Willie. Nellie says she get, she got the best grades in the entire school. And Laura says, my mother says grades aren't everything. It's the learning that counts. And then Laura stands up and says, even eggs get graded. <laughs> well, we know that from the last episode. And pushes past Nellie and walks away. <laughs> I mean, that's Laura a- has become the master of shade. That's a tip to the hat of like her mom dumping the eggs on Nellie's head. I feel like mm-hmm. absolutely. Jenny again with the eggs. I know they're everywhere. I mean, <laughs> I love eggs. So I'm oh, they make an appearance later. So Mary is still in the schoolhouse. She's copying notes off the board, and Miss Beetle tells her, "I'm sorry, we only have one history book. You wouldn't have to copy everything." And then. Like all teachers never say, she apologizes for giving Mary lower grades this quarter. She says, Mary, your work just, it wasn't up to your usual standards. Because, you know, teachers apologize for poor grades. I mean, I have an important question here, though. Okay. If they're copying all of the lessons onto the board, why don't they just copy another book? Whoa. That's a good right? point. Just cop- good make point. another handwritten like the monks used to do. Just make like a copy of the book. Why don't you just have Hanson call up one of his quote friends in Mankato <laughs> and, 
And get the school some books they need. I feel like he has connections to that. He absolutely does. On the way home from school, Laura and Mary run into Nellie, who taunts them again about their grades. Nellie says she got three A's and two B's, which that's the winning report card in the entire school. Full house. Three A's and two B's? Yeah, that's not good enough. Not good. Laura Laura tells Nellie, you would get more A's if they gave out grades for being nasty. (laughs) And then they walk away from Nellie and Mary confides in Laura that she did terribly on her report card and she sulks all the way home. And Laura's like, I'll walk you through getting C's, Mary. (laughs) Laura shines as the supportive sister this episode, I would just like to say. I don't buy it. I think she's, she's up to something. Well, she's like so thrilled because she's shining, (laughs) finally. Later that night, Charles is thanking Caroline for making an awesome mincemeat pie. Oh, I have an index card. I'm throwing throwing everything at you up front. Oh, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) A mincemeat pie. What the fuck is, all right, what's mincemeat? You don't know. See? Is it like bologna? You don't know. So we need an index card. Mincemeat is a mixture of chopped dry fruit, distilled spirits, and spices, and sometimes meat. But originally, mincemeat always contained either beef or beef suet. What is beef suet, you ask? It's raw, hard fat of beef found around the loins and kidneys. Now, regular beef is about two to 300 calories per 100 grams. Suet is 850 I in no way condone Jenny's oh, crazy. constant attempts to turn this podcast no. into something educational. This gets it. This gets better. So there's 15 grams of fat and 100 grams of beef. There's 94 in suet. It's just basically lard. So, but okay. the pie Pa was eating was probably sweet without the meat in it because that's kind of what the pie was that turned out later. But it's usually served around Christmas time. So I don't know why he was eating it. And when I was on Wikipedia is looking this, this up. Is this what keeps you up late at night? Yes. Like, why is Charles eating mincemeat pie when I, on Christmas? When I was on, no. But when I was on Wikipedia, which I love, I actually have a contributor account. When I was on there, there was a little note on this thing that said, this article is about the fruit-based food. For the World War II deception plan, see Operation Mincemeat. Whoa. What? Whoa. So that's what Whoa. I'm going to be doing. Yeah, that's your Friday night. Yep. Wait until Friday. Jenny's birthday. By the time you hear this, she'll be an old lady. Jeez, that's what I'm doing for my birthday. I'm going to research Operation Mincemeat. <laughs> so Charles asks to see their report cards after eating the mincemeat pie, which now we know way too much about. Yes. And he's smoking his pipe indoors. I I'm saw a little that. disappointed. I made a note yes. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, disappointed in him. Laura goes first. And she immediately starts to use self-deprecation in order to set Mary up for some praise because Mary's such a loser. So she's like, oh, Paul, well, yeah, I got all straight A's, but like it was easy. Mary's the one who does the hard work. Well, Laura did not get straight A's. We know that. Uh, I'm sure she did. We know that because Nellie got the best report card in school and she only got Which- three A's. Wow. Who is assessing Miss Beatles teaching? So I say Laura cut the shit. We're not buying this. What is this act? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura just has to make herself look bad in order to not constantly outshine Mary. Okay. Mm-hmm. With her C's. Mary reluctantly brings her report card over to Pa and is relieved when Pa tells her she just has to study harder. And he's not mad. And I just want to make an episode note real quick. You get 
30 minutes into this bitch before she even gets the glasses. It is like 20 minutes of people sitting around figuring out why Mary sucks at oh, school I, yeah. suddenly. That, like, well, and who figures it out? Well, let's just yeah. keep going. Mm-hmm. Mary is okay. hardest on herself. Like, these parents do not have to discipline her or yell at her. Like, she's going to beat herself up worse than anyone. Absolutely. So the girls go to bed and Caroline and Charles have a quick discussion about what could possibly be wrong with Mary. And he tells Caroline, Mary takes after her and she's smart. Caroline says, you know I'm no smarter than you, Charles. And he says, I suppose you're right. And I was smart enough to pick you out. And he winks adorably. It's really, it's a cute wink. While smoking in the house and subjecting everyone to secondhand smoke. (laughs) Carrie kisses Pa goodnight and actually says goodnight, Pa. And it seems like after two years, she has finally learned to say his name, Her voice is not as treacherous as it was, which makes me fearful we might be getting more speaking parts from her. Yep. And we do. Later. Upstairs, Mary is again studying. When I saw the lamp and the, the, the little hats, I was like, fuck, not this again. Yep, and like Laura's trying to fucking sleep. Like, why? Why don't they just switch sides permanently? Because Laura's never using that lamp. Let's face it. (laughs) I just don't understand why Laura doesn't make Mary lay on the floor. Like, can they not lay on the floor? Why would you make her lay on the floor? I mean, the floor is away from me. (laughs) Just get away from me. All right, next morning, Pa comes in from outside and greets Laura. And we had a small scene here where Pa was walking in and Jack was barking like crazy at him. At the crack of motherfucking dawn. It looks like it's like four. Oh, like Charles is already done doing half his shit for the day. And the dog is barking like crazy. And guess who started barking at my end? Nellie. Oh, of course. It's kind of weird that your dog's name's Nellie because that's going to confuse people. It will. Well, whatever. He asks where Mary is, and Laura says, Mary's not speaking to me this morning, and I have a note here. (laughs) It suddenly occurred to me that little sisters constantly have to deal with the random hatred from the older sister, and Laura just kind of takes it on the cheek. (laughs) I don't know. She's not speaking to me. I feel like Laura is used to this. this Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, Laura was interfering with her studying. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote, little sisters have to do a lot of emotional baggage lifting. Mm-hmm. Charles gets up to, Charles goes up to the loft to see where Mary is. And she's like walking around studying because Miss Beetle, let me back up one second. Mrs. Beetle mentions at school to Mary that if she takes this history exam, another like award, like a contest, a history exam, and she wins the history award, that Miss Beetle will raise her grades. I have a question. So now Mary's studying for this. I have a question about the annual history award because like we're here again. Like, is this, is this the dictionary contest? Like, does she have a second crack at this dictionary? I have no idea. I don't know where the dictionary (laughs) is. That's, that's big. I feel like they'll get a second crack at that. Cause this is probably like a year later, roughly. Right. Like, yeah. Do you think that kid read the whole dictionary and sent it back? No, I mean, maybe another dick, maybe somebody sponsors another dictionary. Maybe, maybe Hanson made a call. (laughs) Mary was up studying for the award. So she's like walking around studying and then she hears footsteps and she jumps into bed, which Jenny, so familiar to us. I didn't fake sick a lot. No, 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 not the faking sick. 
Jenny and I shared a bed, a room, everything. And we would be like elaborately playing something when we were supposed to be in bed. Like it was like bedtime. And then Jenny and I'd be doing like, let's play school. And we'd have this whole thing set up. And we'd hear our parents and we'd just <laughs> dive into the bed. Remember? Yeah, yeah that I remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so I'm I'm very familiar with that action. So when Charles comes up and he finds Mary in bed, she fakes sick and says she's not going to school. Okay. Later, Caroline is at Olson's Mercantile again selling her eggs. So the egg And girl- again, Jenny, she has double yolks. I know, right? Aren't you glad I gave you a little bit of insight about double, double yolks now that they keep coming up? What the fuck is she doing to those chickens? I don't know, but I feel like the egg drop is like a touch point. Like it's 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 a guide. Clearly, <laughs> Harriet offers to give her a little bit more for the double yolks because, quote, we believe merit always deserves an award. And let me just tell the audience: when I do the quotes, I get them the closest I can. Don't forget my issue with rewinding the Roku. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch the entire episode again. <laughs> so. I just do the best I can. So if I'm off a word or two, I apologize. Which, as a writing teacher, I know better than I shouldn't be putting this shit in quotes. But I am. Okay. So Harriet says, I believe Merritt always deserves an award. Or something like that. And she's clearly baiting Caroline. And Caroline tells Harriet she doesn't believe in paying children for grades. Harriet says it must be working because her kids are getting good grades. And then she poignantly asks about Mary's grades. I don't know why everybody's talking about Mary's grades. I don't know why everyone in town knows everyone's grades. I mean, I guess with, <laughs> there's no privacy in the 1800s. And with Wait, the- and let's let's remember here, this is just a quarter grade. It's not yeah. even her final report card. It's a quarter grade. So I wrote, maybe Hanson got to look at the report I mean, card. I guess with no TV, phone, or internet, like, I guess other people's lives are what entertained you in, in the old days. I guess. Next stop, Caroline heads over to Miss Beetle's schoolroom. Of course, Caroline goes to see Miss Beetle all the time. She does. Yep. And Miss Beetle, she is an active parent. And Miss Beetle is very happy to see her. They, again, are obsessing over what is wrong with Mary. And then Miss Beetle says, maybe we should hold her back. Oh, like that. And I wrote, Holy shit, how bad are these grades? <laughs> they never say. And it was like the disillusionment of Miss Beetle and Carolyn over Mary's bad grade, which is probably a B minus, right? <laughs> like she probably has all B's and they're losing their shit. They're like, right. What happened to Mary? Meanwhile, Laura has like two C's and a D and an F. <laughs> Shut up. And they're like, Fine. Carrie can't even. Let's talk about <laughs> Carrie. But she says something like, Sometimes when kids get on the advanced stuff, they floundered. Which made me wonder, Aim, like, when did you start to flounder? Was it subtraction? Was it long division? No. Are you going to bring up gifted? No. No. I was wondering when you started floundering on math. Was it subtraction? Long division? Jenny, Jenny, when did you take the gifted test and get into gifted? I was five. Okay. So Jenny's been in gifted like forever. Okay. Like, like I'm cluing you into something you didn't know. (laughs) and so jenny joined the nerd club quite early and what's worse than what is worse than having a sister and gifted and you're not having a beautiful sister and gifted and you're not (laughs) well i wouldn't know no what's worse is (laughs) your mother thinking you should be in gifted and getting you tested every year only to have you fail did she really do that year yeah no i didn't know that yep i was constantly tested for gifted 
and never made it. <laughs> I had no idea she was doing that. That's awful. Yeah. So it was like, really? There's got to be something wrong with Amy. Like, what is wrong with her? Why can't she pass bar- this gifted test? I mean, the bar is high. Oh, my God. That was terrible. Okay. So, yeah. So they're con- seriously talking about holding her back. I almost died. Later, first of all, and just being a teacher, this would never happen today, ever. First of all, they would never consider holding a kid back. Like, they just don't do that. That's very hard to do now. And second of all, like, the the mother and the teacher wouldn't just have this kind of open conversation (laughs) in the middle of the day. It's really weird. A lot of weird things are happening in the middle of the day here. That's true. Later that night, there's more pontification over what is wrong with Mary. Ma is completely disillusioned. She's completely disillusioned. Wow. Caroline says, Charles says something like, Caroline, you're a teacher. Fix this. And Caroline says, I worked with her and she really doesn't know the material. And she may have to be held back a year. Charles doesn't seem too concerned about it, but suggests they talk about it the next day. And I wrote, this is really overboard. But it's I overboard. And wasn't Mary studying next to a lit lantern again? Yes. The camera pans upstairs and we see Laura uncomfortably <laughs> sleeping in the bed. And Mary has passed out while studying next to a lit lantern. Again. Now she's going to kill herself. Now I'm more. starting to see why she's getting bad grades. She's an idiot. <laughs> like you almost burned down your whole house and you keep doing it. Laura's going to be able to sleep through anything. That's oh my that's going to be the good part. Laura just needs to write a whole memoir about sleep. This is why Laura became a writer. The next day at school, Miss Beetle has some dates written on the board, and she asks the children to pick a date she's uh, reviewing for the History Award and tell the significant event that happened on the date. Nellie answers, Willie answers, and then finally she comes to one and no one answers, so she calls on Mary. Mary stands up and like has this emotional, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Okay. And of course, at no point does Miss Beetle say the date. Like she's just like this one. Like they're just being a little heavy handed here, I feel like. And I have a question for you, Jenny. Would you rather people think you're stupid or would you rather admit you have a vision impairment? I'd rather admit I have a vision impairment. Right? Yeah. Like, Mary knows at this point that she can't see the board. I mean, that's what I'm wondering. Like, of course she knows she can't see. Like, you'd think those words would come out of her mouth at some point. Right. Or she would squint or... Yeah, something. Something. But no, she's just going to let everyone think she's dumb. And then Laura's... Did you notice Laura got yelled at for talking? Do you, <laughs> do you want to address that, Amy? Yes. So, Amy... Um. <laughs> Amy... Whenever my mother would go in for parent-teacher conferences, they you know how they show everyone the desk. Amy, she they would show the teacher would show mom Amy's desk, and it would be like either back in a corner or up next to the teacher because Amy could not stop talking to people. <laughs> and then, and then I was also this episode episode also made me think about. In our school system, like in elementary school, all your behavior was graded with like an S for satisfactory and N for not satisfactory. (laughs) Remember the time I got five N's? (laughs) Oh my God. I like wanted to jump in front of a car. I was so terrified to show mom. I remember Graham picked me up. I was crying my eyes out and it was all around me talking too much. (laughs) 
So yeah. So Mary's walk. Then Mary's walking out, and Nellie's doing some like chest bump bullying about history. Did you catch yeah, that? It was what is weird. That? I don't know. I have Nellie immediately starts taunting her about the history. Nellie is awful. She's terrible. She's so bad. She's awful. Like I remember her being bad, but wow. Like wow. Yeah. New levels. Laura, Laura intervenes and tries to defend Mary by insulting Nellie. And I said, Laura's getting pretty good at this. She is. Later that night, Charles is sleeping and he's woken by a light on in the living room. Guess who's studying by the lantern again, Jen? Keeping everyone awake. At least she came downstairs this time. <sighs> okay. Um, I'm intentionally not making a note, I wrote. That Charles has his sleeping gown unbuttoned to his belly button, and I'm here uh, for it. <laughs> very done. Mary's at the table having trouble with a math problem. And I will tell you, I probably haven't seen this episode in, what, 20 years? I remembered it. So Charles sits across the table from her, and he fixes the math problem, and he holds it up, and he's like, you just had the two numbers reversed, see? And then he realizes she can't see it. Because of course... Pa figures it out. Like, of course, Miss Beetle couldn't. Laura couldn't. Caroline couldn't. But the this is the best scene because he's like, the music gets all serious. He's like, "What number did I write on the slate? What number did I write on the slate?" It reminds me of that scene from Ronan. You remember that Robert De Niro and Sean Bean? He's like, "What color is the boathouse at yep. Hereford? What color is the boathouse at Hereford?" Remember that? Yep. That's yep. what yep. it was yep. like. Oh, I love and that Mary's movie. like, "No, my God." <laughs> Well, I wrote, this was really sad. And it was. Like, as a mother, I was really sad. I was really upset for Mary. But I wrote, this was really sad. And if I didn't find it sad, the music made sure I did. Oh, my God. It was like... It was ridiculous. It was really... It was like life and death depended on her reading that number. It was like, I I thought for a minute, is she going to say she's pregnant? (laughs) Like, that's what it was like. It was that magnitude. (laughs) You knew that wasn't going to happen. But it was that magnitude. Okay. Right? Sure. And I would also like to point, this happens like over the 25 minute mark or maybe the 20 minute mark. Yeah. So episodes halfway over, we're just now figuring out what's wrong. Right. Who is the writer in the writer room? Writing room? Well, we don't know, but we know oh, Charles Jesus. didn't write it. <laughs> wow. Um, the next day we see Pa taking Mary to Mankato. He says it's going to take three days. It's going to take three days. It is 80 miles away. So what does that mean? I'm just saying it's 80 miles away. It's an hour and a half by car on a paved road. So mm, in case okay. you're wondering. And you cut through Sleepy Eye. Remember Sleepy Eye? Oh, Sleepy Eye. Yeah. Doc Baker doesn't have the equipment to be able to get Mary glasses or examine her properly. What fucking good is Doc Baker? Dude. Okay. I did a little digging he around glasses. His own glasses. No, I did a little digging around glasses because I thought that was going to be my index card. But there's not like really good information. I mean, there's information, but it's kind of boring. So the boring part is, is they're all like oh, kind of so handcrafted. Share with us the boring part. Yeah. The mincemeat was way more exciting. <laughs> but they were handcrafted. Like it was really hard to get the, like it wasn't an easy thing for everybody to do. Like that, that okay. makes sense at this time. They're going to see Dr. Burke, who I guess is an optometrist. Mm-hmm. Okay. After the examination, there's a creepy examination. Well, and, afterwards, and the examination has really tense music. I thought this is where they were going to figure out that she was going to go blind. Me too, because there were two lit candles by her head. Right? 
So it was like the lighting was really flickering and ominous, 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 ominous. And it was just like really tense. Yeah. I agree with you. I thought he yeah. was going to say to Charles, this kid is going to go blind. And then Charles comes and he's like, she's fine. Everything's great. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I was just yeah, that totally was a out. weird conversation. Bad writing. Bad writing. Weird conversation. Like Charles is sitting there and he's just like, I don't know how I missed this. I don't know what to do. And Dr. Burke is saying, like, it's very common people lose their eyesight gradually, so they don't even realize it's happening. Then he says, maybe one day they'll test children before they start school and we could avoid all of this. Yeah. And I thought, that's that progressive. Fun. Yeah, maybe that was like, you know, they were trying to say, let's do Although we were already doing that at that time, I feel like. He fits Mary for the glasses and gives them to her right there. Doc Burke tells Mary she's going to have to wear the glasses all the time. For a month, anyway, until the eye muscles can rebuild their strength. What? She must have had an astigma or something like that. Like, that is just patently false because um, I've been wearing my glasses every day for 22 years. When are my eye muscles going to Well, I think, back? I think her, hers were so bad that, like, and do you ever do this when you have, um, like, I have reading glasses now. And, like, if I'm reading bifocals. without them, I don't have bifocals because my distance vision is perfect. Whatever. So I'm reading, but I have reading glasses. And like, if, if I'm reading a lot without them and I'm really straining to see, because I can kind of see, like your eyes just like get really tired. And then if you put them back on for a while, then they're okay. Like it just tightens up the muscle a little bit. Well, she apparently only has to wear them every day for a month and then just for schoolwork. I don't that. understand the just for schoolwork part. Yeah. That that's sounds weird. like fuzzy science. Okay. On the ride home, Mary is acting like she was blind. I know, she like literally blind. She first of all, Jenny, we missed this part. Big dramatic music when she's looking at the eye chart. Oh, and then they used the same shot of when she was looking through the thing when she put her glasses on because she could see the thing around it still, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dram super dramatic, super dramatic. And on the ride home, she is looking like. Did you ever see those videos where people hear sound for the first time? Yeah. Yep. That's what it was like. She noticed birds in the sky. <laughs> She wasn't that blind. She could walk home and stuff. Look at them fly. Look at them fly. I'm thinking, you couldn't see geese? I mean, she's Wow. Saw, and I feel like, you know, six months ago, a year ago, she was fine. Yeah, she, it was She was weird. nailing that test a year ago. So, Like, how bad was this vision? Wow. It went bad quickly, but that's the weird part, I guess, right? Well, and then if it was that bad, then she clearly knew. It wasn't a case of it no, just got progressively know. worse. Yeah. I didn't notice. She had to know. You can't see a fucking goose flying over your head. There's a problem. You can at least make out a shadow. <laughs> All right. Back okay. off. Back off. When they arrive home, everybody runs out to greet them. Ma looks at Mary and says, oh, Mary, your glasses are so attractive. <sighs> Weird. Who, run Aim, who runs out to greet them when they come home? Did you see that little scene? I Laura saw Laura and Jack at the pond. And Jack at the pond. Laura sees the wagon coming down the hill and ditches the water. Just and, tosses it aside. And, and she revives her role as watchdog and goes and alerts Carolyn. She to does. Their arrival. And she Jack does. says nothing. Does. He does nothing. Yeah, Jack, Jack never is useful. Um, I just thought, gee, that was a weird adjective. To I use. thought that was super weird. Yeah. Attractive? Yeah, weird. Jenny. When did mom ever tell you you were attractive? I don't, I don't recall. Ever? 
I mean, well, you might be a bad example. Let me think if she ever told me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't feel like she ever used that word. That's a weird word. It's a weird word. And then immediately, Laura tells Mary she looks smart like Mrs. Beetle, like Miss Beetle. Mm-hmm. The next day, the girls are walking to school and Mary's like all proud with her glasses. Like she's seeing people for the first time. Oh, there's a mercantile there. Oh, there's a tree there. Oh, we live in a town. Like she has just come out of the blinders. And so she's walking down the street and Nellie and Willie are literally lying in wait. And jump out and start insulting Mary immediately because of course they knew she was getting glasses. Of course, because Hanson uh-huh. probably has a connection to Mankato and he knows. Because <laughs> they heard Paul was taking her to Mankato. Because when Paul goes to Mankato, again, it's like putting you're going to be out of town on Facebook. Like everybody knows <laughs> Paul's going to be gone. You know, shit's going to go down. Okay. Um, sh- Willie starts calling Mary Four Eyes and he says, quote, Mary has four eyes, two real ones, and two glass ones. And Laura says, keep talking and you'll have two black eyes. Which was She's good. my fucking hero. That was good. She's great. Nellie says she knew that Mary was getting glasses, but didn't think she'd have the nerve to wear the ugly things. What? Oh, my God. Like, what does she think? She's going to show up with some Warby Parker glasses? <laughs> like, everybody has the same glasses. Right. You can only get one kind. Right. Laura reminds her that Miss Beetle has glasses, and Nellie answers, yes, and Miss Beetle doesn't have a husband. So the old spinster threat. Like, God forbid somebody's not married. And I put down that, like, the subconscious message here is women who do not have a husband or, or have the affection of a man are not worth anything. Oh, absolutely. And that was... That was prominent well into the 20th century because yeah. Graham used to think like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, when she knew somebody or had somebody in her life who wasn't married, she was an old maid. Yeah. The spinster mm-hmm. thing. Inside the school, they're studying again for this voluntary history exam. <laughs> Which is all they ever do is talk <laughs> about fucking Columbus. Yeah. Miss Beetle needs to spend a little more time on like learning outcomes. And, like, since the best report history. card... Since the best report card in her class was three A's and two B's. <laughs> Miss Beetle calls on Mary and Mary's like a boss. As Mary stands up, the crowd, the class begin to chant four eyes. This class is horrible. And these these kids are like, these people. I say people because half of them are kids and half of them are 42. <laughs> are, they're terrible. Like what? Grow up. And here's my question. Where's Johnny Johnson to jump to her defense and wrestle Willie to the ground? What happened to him? Yeah, I guess he doesn't give a shit anymore. Mary gets over it and she's like a boss and she spouts off like 85 facts and gets them all right. Actually, you know what probably happened? There's probably an end to Johnny Johnson's storyline that we just didn't watch. (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) Like like they probably wrapped it up nicely and we just didn't watch those episodes. Uh... I don't know. Somebody let us know. No, I feel like that's it. true. I feel like there's an episode where he goes off to see the big city or goes off to like find himself. Pause. Okay, we're back. And uh, apparently we've been shitting on Johnny Johnson for no reason. For no reason. Jenny, reveal what we learned. But to be fair... He left at the end of season one, episode 23. So 
we this is the first episode that we're unfairly shitting on Johnny Johnson. Before that, it was legitimate. That's I true. Think. That's true. So in episode 23 of season one, he, which is the one right before the end, right before the finale, um, he leaves. It says Johnny Johnson leaves to see the world and Mr. Edwards goes along with him to keep him out of trouble. Feels like that's the wrong, <laughs> wow. wrong chaperone. Poor chaperone choice. Johnny meets up with a girl who is able to trick him out of a lot of money. First of all, where did he get a lot of money? Mr. Edwards tries to persuade the girl to convince Johnny to return home. I don't know if he did return home or not, but it says after this episode, Johnny, the notes on the Little House on the Prairie site said, after this episode, Johnny's never heard from again. Okay. Wow. What did go. that girl do to him? <laughs> hey, whatever Johnny Johnson wants to do, YOLO, man, you got this. So is he dead As- to us now? We can never talk about him again. Yeah, he's dead to us. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to Mary spouting out 85 facts. And the whole class calling her four eyes. Right. After she sits down, she discovers someone has slipped her a note that says four eyes. Can't these kids be any more creative than this? The only thing they can think of is four eyes. That's the only thing they can say and think of. It's so unoriginal. Mary is so bad. There's 85 other things you can pick on her for. (laughs) Four eyes? (laughs) Really? Mary stares at Miss Beetle. And suddenly she's realizing that she's doomed to the same future. And it doesn't help when Caroline later tells her she'll be a great teacher, just like Miss Beetle. Because Miss Beetle's life is horrifying, obviously. Mm -hmm. After school, Willie holds up two like Coke bottles, like glass bottle bottoms to his eyes and calls Mary four eyes. And Laura was going to beat his ass. Like she ran at him. I forgot how funny Laura and Willie are. Yeah, they're good. They're good. She run- Mary runs off crying near a tree and puts her glasses in the tree stump. And when she gets home without the glasses, she tells Caroline and Charles that she lost them. And I have a question here. Okay. If Mary truly intended to never wear the glasses again, why does she put them in a safe space? Why doesn't she just whip them into a field? Well, because she's not sure, maybe. Okay. Right. Well, and but my reaction to this, like... Watching this all like from the adult point of view now is kind of funny because I'm like, I'm not a parent, but when I see the kid do this, I'm like, motherfucker, like, how do you parents do this? How do you do this? Now this kid's saying she lost her glasses. Like, do you know how much those glasses probably cost, Charles? They had to drive three days to get them. I would kill her. Like, how do you do it, man? I know. I was becoming enraged for Charles. (laughs) So we have a short scene here. When, When Mary had originally lost the glasses, Paul said, well, it's going to be a while. You're going to have to wait till harvest can I, so I can afford till I can afford another pair. So now Mary comes to Charles at the bar and he's like, I don't know, cleaning a horse or something. I couldn't take copious notes here because I had to hold Nellie down with one hand because <laughs> the horse was crazy. <laughs> so anyway, I wrote that Mary says she doesn't think that she deserves another pair of glasses. And so if she can't find her her glasses he doesn't have to buy her a new pair and you could see that paw starting to put this together because of course he is well but i feel like would you like okay so your kid say for sake of argument gets her airpads smashed and if she was like her airpods her airpods smashed and if mm-hmm. she was like mm-hmm. i don't deserve another pair you would immediately be suspicious <laughs> I would immediately. <laughs> Instead, she calls her Aunt Jenny and begs for her to send her another pair. But yes, I would immediately be suspicious. Later that day, Miss Beetle tries to force Mary to read something that she knows she can't see. Then she asks Laura, Mary and all the other kids run out, and she asks Laura to stay behind 
and asks her why Mary has not signed up for the history competition. Laura tells Miss Beetle that Mary lost her glasses. And I wrote, it's worth noting that Nellie is still calling her four eyes. I know. Even though she's not wearing the glasses anymore. I know. I have <laughs> never wanted to punch a fucking kid so hard. <laughs> oh my God. I, I hate Nellie with every fiber <laughs> of my being. She's the ultimate troll. She is. There was that meme going around with her. Everybody sent it to me because now Little House <laughs> on the Prairie is my jam. And like 10 people sent it to me. The the meme of Nellie saying like this is 2020 or something it's like 2020 that. 2020 we're a person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's 100% accurate. Okay. Later, when the kids are at recess, Nellie's being a scorch again. This character's really written way over the top, I wrote. Like, now she has no depth. No depth. She's just a scorch. Mary gets annoyed and goes and sits by herself on the other side of the school. <sighs> I have to brace myself for this part. Yep. Okay. Okay. He's into it. A creepy dude pulls up and starts calling her blue eyes. Hey there, blue eyes. Gets out of his little coach and has flowers in his hand and comes over and tells her, there are so many beautiful girls in Walnut Grove. And I'm like, is she going to be sex trafficked? I'm like, who is this dandy creep? Like, what is his deal? He's the creepiest, like, ugh. Jenny, how creepy. old is this man? 35? Johnny Why Johnson? Why are we all they probably went to school play together. Game. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. It's important. He Can we agree? He is at least over 20. Oh, he's a like a full-fledged adult. Yeah. yeah, he's like 40 years old. He's like in his 30s, probably. He then asks, okay, so Creepo then Creepy. asks Mary if he can see Miss Beetle. So then we have one of the creepiest scenes. This guy has gone into the schoolroom, and he and Miss Beetle, who we now know is named Eva, are making out making hardcore, out. Yeah. like full-on tongue making out. Yep. In the middle of the school room, in the middle of the day. And guess who walks in on them? Mary. <laughs> At least it wasn't Willie. I feel like that would have been worse. Of course. Like, how inappropriate is this? Yeah. So, like, not only do they have to be so heavy handed in driving home that, oh, Miss Beetle is, in fact, attractive to men, but like, they have to show you, like, making out with someone. Like, it's not good enough to just say, like, oh, she has. She has somebody interested in her or she has a boyfriend. Like, they have to show you, like, a man wants to make out with her. Like, she's good now. Right, right, right. Yeah, it can't be like, oh, honey, I'll see you back at the house later for dinner or I'll pick you up Saturday for our date. No, it has to be like, I want to throw you on the desk and have sex with you right now. Yeah. So Miss Beetle, who we now know is named Eva, which is a pretty name. I like Mm -hmm. it introduces her beau to Mary because Mary's just standing there watching them because she just sees shadows. She's trying to make this out. <laughs> His name is John Stacy, and he's a lawyer from Springfield. Of course, they have to show that she's dating a lawyer. And Miss Beetle or, and creepy John Stacy says, and I'm thinking it's a good thing he's a lawyer. He's going to have to represent himself in court at some point. She's darn lucky I didn't meet you first, blue eyes. Dude, oh she is 14. I know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Jenny, in 1975, when this aired, was it illegal for a 35-year-old yeah. to hook up with oh, a 14-year-old? Yeah. yeah. Illegal, unethical, yeah, immoral. Yeah. All those things. So I don't know whose sick fantasy this is, <laughs> but it's not, it's 
Charles, uh, Michael Landon is off the hook. It is not his sick fantasy. He did not write this. No. Mary decides she's going to take the history exam after all because the lesson learned here is Miss Beetle isn't the spinster we all thought she was. Yeah. She has a man, a lawyer interested in her. So Mm -hmm. put the glasses on. Mm -hmm. Mary runs back to the tree to get her glasses. And the next scene, we have Laura running to Charles at the mill. She tells him Mary won the history award and answered every question. Did you notice, Paul, by the way? Totally. No, I didn't. I noticed that Laura totally stole Mary Thunder. She did. And I was always a thunder stealer. Remember? Yeah, you were. Always. Always. Um, I remember when our neighbor Kelly fell off our monkey bars and broke her arm. Remember? <laughs> yeah. I called her to tell her mom was sending her flowers the next day. Wow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Your mom got so pissed off. All right, so Mary then comes along and, of course, confesses everything to Pa and starts crying. <laughs> the glasses weren't lost. I did it because kids were making fun of me. Like, I'm a horrible person. So Mary's life is going to be a series of tests, literally, and confessions. <laughs> like, that's it. She just takes tests and confesses things. Charles tells her everything will be all right. Let's go tell your mother. And I guess he just leaves work in the middle of the shift. Because <laughs> he just walks away. Well, yeah, I guess. I feel like Hanson gives, you know, his guys a lot of <laughs> freedom. He was very progressive with the with the life work balance at the mill. <laughs> I guess. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. Um, Charles has saved the day yet again. And oh, yeah. we've learned we've learned that Miss Beetle is not a spinster and won't die alone. Because God forbid. At the end of every episode, Jenny and I will try to or attempt to link material from the episode to our upbringing or a viewpoint or a belief that we held as adults because of this material. Maybe not directly, but indirectly at times. So Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So this is why I was terrified of my eyesight getting fucked up because I actually really remember, I really remember this, this episode and it may not have been this one specifically, but like the stuff with Mary's eyes. And I think I always thought that like you were born with, like if you were born with good eyesight, you were fine. And if you were born with bad eyesight, like that's when you got it. Like you didn't, I didn't think you could lose it. And then like, Mm -hmm. I learned through this that you could lose your eyesight and it freaked me. You didn't know how science worked? I mean, I was much younger than I would have had that biology class, but yeah, mm-hmm. this because mm-hmm. I was, you know, they like didn't not... teach biology and gifted year year no. one. No, they no. waited till you were like ten. Mm. Okay, um, <laughs> that I didn't get that that could happen. I thought you that you needed glasses, didn't you? I did eventually, but it was after this, and that okay. started freaking me out. Like it would have been after this time frame. But the that funny thing is. Me out. You needed the braces. You need the glasses. I made fun of you constantly. And now who's wearing glasses and has been since she's 17 and can't see anything? Yeah. Well, I don't, I had that weird eye strain thing, which is weird because I just needed to wear it to read. Because you were studying all the time. Because I was studying all the time. Mm-hmm. Getting in but the I could see. program. I could always see. That was the weird thing. And it really didn't, until I became like 38 or 9, I started needing it to see text. And that freaked me out because I'd never experienced not being able to see something. And it was terrifying. Like, I don't know how you deal with taking your glasses off. 
It sucks. <laughs> I thought about getting the surgery, but I'm also super weird about elective surgeries. Especially, really? Especially around the eyeball. You're... <laughs> How many elective surgeries around the eyeball are you considering? I don't... I just don't like elective surgery. I'm <laughs> okay. out by it. Because why? You only like emergency mm-hmm. surgery? Yes. Yep. <laughs> you have to cut me open okay. in an emergency. <laughs> but I don't want to think about it too hard. You know? Hmm. So okay. are you going to do your why or are you going to dial this one in again? I am ready and I have a sophisticated why. Oh, good. Okay. Where I'm going to talk about social changes and generational patterns. Well, it's about time you put some effort in here. Okay. This is why Gen X parents are awesome. And we are taking down bullies one fucking campaign at a time. As we became parents, myself included, of course, I think that the Gen X parents realized we all had PTSD from Nelly. <laughs> and now there are like a million anti-bullying campaigns, including cyberbullying. And I think we are really the first generation of parents that started taking bullying seriously. I'd that's agree pretty, with that. That's yeah. pretty fancy, right? I'm impressed. You really put some time into this. You get a, you get a B minus. When we were kids... There was this idea that, like, you just straighten things out by beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, you just dealt with it. You had to be, like, you had to put up with it or figure out how to make it stop on your own and be tough about it. That was was the only way through it. That was the only solution. So I remember very vividly that fist fights were a big thing when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Like, there would be a fight and everybody would gather. There were always fights. I mean, Jenny, you and I witnessed our principal get the shit kicked out of them in the that's middle right. of the street. Oh my God, I don't even right. know about that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how you settled things. And yeah. we know, like, that's how our parents settled things. That is not how kids settle things anymore. Thank God. Yeah, they just don't. Like, yeah. in some ways, it's gotten scarier and more sophisticated mm-hmm. because it's moved online and it's become more anonymous. So there is this yearning, I think, from some parents to (laughs) want to go back to the day where you just beat each other up and smash a head off the floor or something like that. But, you know, now that you have this sophisticated cyberbullying, that was, you know, I don't know if you can prove causation, but now you have all of this bullying awareness Mm -hmm. and, you know, parents have had to step in. And I think it's because we... We're bullied by Nelly as a collective. As like this horrible evil. Yeah. And we were like, we're never going to let our kids go through this (laughs) kind of shit with this person. Because she was really over the top terrible. And like, I didn't realize how bad. She she was bad. And I felt like nobody here was looking out for Mary and Laura. All right, Jenny. So why don't you tell everybody what's coming up next? So we're going to do episode five of season two. It's called The Haunted House, and it's about maniacs and haunted house and double dog daring and that sort of thing. Oh, I feel like there's a lot there that's going to bring us back to our childhood. Ghosts and maniacs. In haunted houses. (laughs) In haunted houses. Well, I mean, I felt like the ghosts and maniacs kind of implied the haunted house. Just houses in the neighborhood that you were terrified to go into. I mean, do people just wander into other people's houses? The other day, I'm in this Facebook group with Gen Xers, and the other day they were saying, do you remember safe houses where people would put signs in their windows that said it was a safe house? And I'm like, 
like what? I feel like some creepy pedophiles would be putting those signs in their houses. <laughs> that feels suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, it was a thing. I don't remember it, but I don't maybe remember some it of either. our listeners do. So let us know if you ever went inside a safe house <laughs> and if you survived. I mean, you know, some of that you might have to save for your therapist, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back next episode. Hi, everyone. Amy here. Thank you so much for listening to our little pod. We really appreciate it. You can find Gen X, This Is Why, on most podcast apps. If you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving a five-star review. Reviews help listeners find us. And please consider sharing our pod with a friend. As you can hear, Jenny needs all the help she can get paying those therapy bills. You can follow and interact with Jenny and me on Facebook and Instagram at Gen X, This Is Why. Letter X, spell out the word Y. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.